know, when I've been asked in my life what I would change about what I have done or what I have gone through, uh, my answer has always been, honestly, that I wouldn't change it. And knowing the things that I've gone through, that the people in my life would go, are, are you out of your mind? <laughs> uh, you wouldn't change anything? And no, I wouldn't. And the reason I, I say I wouldn't change anything is the things that I have gone through have made me the person that I am. The, the things that I have experienced, the things that, that I've had to deal with, uh, the, th the people that I've had to deal with, you know, all the things that have gone into that, they have shaped me. They have made me who I am. And so the things that I've gone through give me empathy in situations that others might not have that empathy for. They might not understand. Or give me understanding in the situations. I mean, you know, it's... I went back, you know, in 97. That was a long time ago now. But 25 years ago, whatever it was. When... I had to make the decision with my dad, pull the plug or not pull the plug. Hardest decision I ever made. You know, uh, and it didn't end like I thought it would end. We, we pulled the plug and he lived 11 years. And all of those things made me into something and, and taught me some things and, and gave me some understanding. And so the question I began with as I studied this past few weeks on this text is who or what is shaping you? Everyone's being shaped by something. Or someone. Um, maybe the world. So sometimes the world shapes us. The world changes our views. The world changes how we see things, how we do things, uh, what we're going to do. You know, we had a conversation just 30 minutes ago about the fact that I now carry a mask in my car. Three years ago, I didn't do that. But there are now places in this world where if I don't have a mask, I can't get in. I can't do the things that God has put me somewhere to do. And so I have been shaped in that way by the things that have gone on in our world. And so we're all being shaped by things. Maybe your friends are shaping you. I mean, that's, I don't care what age you are, your friends have an impact on your life. What they say, what they do, how they act, how they react, they, they change who you are. And maybe it's your own thoughts and ideas. I mean, some of us get lost in our own head. Some of us will sit there and think about things and get lost in the things that we're thinking about. Anybody else in that boat with me? Or that just me? I'm just crazy. Okay. Uh, you know, you find yourself following these rabbits. And, and sometimes you look up and you wonder how these things that have been going on can ever be good. You know, when I look at the, at the tragedies in my life, you look, how could this ever be good? What, what is this going to be? And that's where the prophet finds himself today in our text. We're over in the book of Jeremiah. Um, Jeremiah is, a lot of us in seminary call him the crybaby prophet. He cries a lot. Um, he whines a lot. There's reasons why. He has legitimate reasons for his concerns. He has legitimate reasons why he is upset. But he is there and he has seen all the things that are going on and all the things that are happening to Israel and all the things that, that, that are going to happen to Israel. And he's been telling, been told by God what's about to occur. And he is just going, wait a minute. What? What, what do you mean this is for our good? What do you mean you're going you're gonna to be glorified through this? How can the events of the past be used for good? And in the midst of all of these thoughts and these things, we find Jeremiah chapter 18, a very, um, 
familiar passage to many of us, there at the potter's house. And so we pick up there in verse 1. It says, This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down at once to the potter's house. There I will reveal my words to you. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, working away at the wheel. But the jar that he was making from the clay became flawed in the potter's hand. So he made him do another jar, as it seemed right for him to do. The word of the Lord came to me, House of Israel, can I not treat you as the potter treats his clay? This is the Lord's declaration, just like clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, house of Israel. At one moment I might announce concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will uproot, tear down, and destroy it. However, if that nation I have made an announcement about turns from its evil, I will relent concerning the disaster I have planned to do to it. At another time I will announce that I will build and plant a nation or a kingdom. However, if it does what is evil in my sight by not listening to my voice, I will relent concerning the good I had said I would do to it. So now say to the men of Judah and to the residents of Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says, I am about to bring harm to you and make plans against you. Turn now each of your evil way and correct your ways and your deeds. But they will say it's hopeless. We will continue to follow our plans and each one of us will continue to act according to the stubbornness of his evil heart. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you and praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask God that you would take this time and use it for your glory. Father, use me as the best of the words that I speak be yours and yours alone. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We ask all these things in the name of your son, Jesus, and for his sake. And all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Have you ever watched pottery being made? Uh, on one of our trips to Gatlinburg, Carrie and I went to one of the most famous pottery places there in the arts and crafts community, and he, he made a bowl while we were there. And just the just the technique, all of the all of the things that went into it, how he did it. He was a master at his work, and so it didn't take him long to get where he wanted to get. And he knew exactly what to take off and exactly what to put on. And that's the image we have of God here. And, and, and as we see this, the first thing that, that I am reminded about as I read this text is that God does not give up on you. God isn't finished with Israel here. It may feel like. They may feel like we are being carted off. We are losing everything. We don't have anything that we want, and, and everything we used to think was good is no longer good. And God, who used to stand for us and, and take care of us, doesn't seem to be standing for us. He doesn't seem to be taking care of us. And so here we are, and we are struggling, and we don't know what's going on. But God isn't finished. He's, he's not done. He has a future plan for them, he'll say later on in the text. He'll talk about what's going to come and where he's going to go. God's not finished with Israel here. And the same applies for us today. God's not finished with you. If you are in this room and you are drawing breath, God is not finished. He hasn't stopped. There, there's, there's one thing that I found within Scripture. There isn't a thing called retirement there. There's just not. And it, we, we want to enjoy it here, but that doesn't mean that God has told us to quit working for Him. Because even in His old age, even as He was dying, when you read the stories of the Old Testament, you have the dad who still made decisions, who still gave blessings, who still did the things that God had called him to do. If you are here, God is not done with you. He isn't finished with you. The potter can change and reshape the clay into what he wants. You're on the wheel. And you may be a cup, but 
maybe you don't need to be a cup and God wants to change you into a bowl. Maybe God wants something else for you completely, but He hasn't stopped. If you're here, He's not done. He's not finished. He's continuing to work. And it's amazing to me because so often we get to this point where we go, well, I've arrived. I'm never going to arrive until I arrive. As long as I'm here, I'm not done. I'm not finished. You know, it's, it's one of those things. That's what Paul would say when he's talking about last week. For me to live is, is Christ and to die is gain. Until my last breath, I'm going to keep talking about it. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep being the hands and feet because that's what we're called to be. And that may look different at different points in our life, but God isn't finished. He's not done. Man, Israel was a glorious kingdom, right? Man, David was at the helm. Everything was great. They were riches. Solomon brought even more riches in. They became this great, 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 wonderful kingdom. And then it all fell apart. And it began going downhill and we end up in exile. It doesn't look like, you know, anything. God's, God's just done, but He's not. Maybe you today think that you are done. God's just finished. I've messed up too badly. I've walked too far away. i said no too many times. God's not done. You still have time to do what God is calling you to do up until the moment that you close your eyes here and open them in eternity. You have time. God's not done. He watches the potter. He watches him make this this vessel, but there's an imperfection. It's modern. It's messed up. Uh, sometimes I, I get frustrated. My children get frustrated. When you mess up on something you've been working on. I'm done. <laughs> I've messed it up. It's finished. It's messed up beyond repair. Watching Daniel Tiger this morning. Here's the theology of Daniel Tiger because I didn't realize until just this moment that it fits in my sermon. So, when you make a mistake, find a way to work it in. How's that song going? Remember how it goes now? Katarina Kitty. Katarina Kitty. Oh, Katarina Kitty. She was originally with Mr. Rogers back in the day. Her mama was. But anyway. She's painting a picture of a pig. And she drops some pink on the thing. And she's mad. She wants to tear it up. And Daniel reminds her, if you make a mistake, do what you can to clean it up and begin again. And she paints a little pink beside it, and the picture's even better. Yeah. The marred vessel is full of possibility. Mm. When God looks at us and we're messed up and there are chunks missing and the details aren't right, and all of those things, and we want to throw our hands up, He doesn't just see who we are or who we were. When God looks at us, He sees what we can be. Mm. He's not looking at all the messed up stuff. He's not looking at all the clay that's fallen off. He's not looking at how it collapsed in on itself. He's not looking at all the times that we've messed up. We've fallen down. We haven't done the right thing. We've turned our back. He's not looking at those things. What He sees when He looks at us isn't what we used to 
be. It's not what we are now. It's what we can be in the future. It's what He has purpose for us. And He takes that clay and He says, Man, Israel, tell Israel this. You're like the clay in my hand. Because if I want to make a nation great, I'm going to make a nation great. But if they don't follow me, I'm going to send them off somewhere else. And if someone's evil, I may turn them around and use them for argument. I'm going to do what I want to do because I'm God. Solomon. He does what he wants to do. The truth is, when he sees us, he doesn't see the louse that I am. He doesn't see the times that I failed. The times that I raised my voice when I shouldn't. The times when I said the thing that I shouldn't have said. The times... Last night, we, we were all working on a project. About the fourth hour, I almost forgot I was a Christian. It was tough and it was rough. God doesn't look at those times. He looks and He says, I've got something greater in store. And I can take where you are and make what I want it to be if you'll just trust me. If you'll just let me do it. Because we can fight. We can be that vessel that fights. No, God, I don't want to be that. But if God wants you to be a, a cup, but you keep trying to be a bowl, something's going to be wrong there. Because it's harder to drink out of a bowl. You know, that's when you get the milk coming down after drinking the cereal stuff, right? Because it comes down, because it's not made to go in your mouth. It's, it's God has something planned for you. You've got to do that because the truth is the reshaped vessel here is the potter's masterpiece. The potter's masterpiece is what God does with all the junk. With all that messed up stuff, God takes it and does something wonderful with it. Carrie, it's always when we met, um, she was honest. She didn't cook at all. She can make macaroni as long as she followed the directions on the package to a tea. Have you ever followed the directions on the package to a tea? That macaroni is nasty. You got to you got to doctor it up. You got to change it and make it good. It was a struggle. No, the recipe doesn't say that. And she would get mad because. What are we having for dinner tonight? And I'm like, I don't know. What's in the refrigerator? And I would walk to the refrigerator. And I would open the oh, door. one door. I would open the door. And I would just pull stuff out. And throw it in the pan. What's it called? I don't know. Supper. And she would be like, How did you make that out of that? I don't know. It just melted there in my mind. That's, that's what it was. That's what God does. He takes all my fallenness and all the times that I've messed up and all the times I didn't hit the mark and he takes it and he puts it along with all those times that he's given me the strength to overcome and all those times that he's allowed me to do the things I'm supposed to do and he mixes it all together and he shapes it and he creates the masterpiece that he has. Because the reshaped vessel is his masterpiece. God is constantly at work with us to mold us into what he wants us to be. He's constantly working. When we watched that potter that day, 
in Gatlinburg, it was just amazing because he would take this little thing like, like the end of a twig and hold it and make this beautiful design on the side of the hole with just this little bitty thing. But then he would take this bigger thing with a paddle, like a popsicle stick type thing, and he would make a bigger design. And he was constantly at work at this bowl that he was making. And it was amazing to watch because he knew exactly what to do to make it look how he wanted it to look. And that's what God's always doing with us. He's always at work. He's always moving. He's always taking things. And the problem is it hurts us when He takes things. That's the problem. When He pulls that out that we want to hold on to. God, God don't, don't take that. That's my favorite part. But, but it's my favorite show, God. But it's my favorite song, God. But it's my favorite type of book, God. But it's my favorite thing to do on the weekend, God. But all my friends are over there, God. And God begins to move things. And we begin to go, but don't take that out. Let me have just this one thing. Let me just have... God, if you'll let me have this... Let me go start bargaining. If you'll just let me have this... I'll be at church every Sunday. And 70% of Wednesdays. And then if we have special events, I'll go to those two. We start bargaining. But God's constantly at work. He's constantly doing things and changing things and pulling things out and adding things to and all these things and to make us the masterpiece that He wants us to be. But He never does things just for the sake of it. The potter always has a purpose. The potter always has a purpose. When we're going through something and we don't understand why we're there, God knows why we're there. God knows how He's going to use this. Now, I'm not saying that God causes this. I'm saying that God knows sometimes we step off into things because we're stupid. Right? Because we choose not to listen to what the Spirit's telling us, and we just step off into it. And we go, how did I get here again? Well, hello, you stepped off into it. A few days ago, in the backyard, it was muddy. We can say hallelujah, I guess, for that. But my two youngest children went outside and uh, were told not to get dirty. But they accidentally fell in the mud and were covered from head to toe. I got a pile of clothes on my back porch where I had to strip them down and pull them off with a water hose because they weren't coming through the house. That's how we are sometimes. God, I don't know how I got here. I'm sure you don't. You know exactly how you got head to toe in the mud. You know how you got there. You didn't just accidentally trip off the porch and fall into the mud on the other corner of the house. That doesn't happen. You sought that mud out and you played in it. Well, I had to water the dog. Not with a swimming pool's worth of water. That wasn't an accident. But we do that to God. We say, God, I don't know how I got here. I don't know how I did this. I, I don't know. God, I'm here again. And man, it was my friend's fault. It wasn't your friend's fault. It was your fault for listening to your friend, stupid. Quit listening. Listen to the Spirit, not someone else. But God takes that. And He has a purpose to that. And He's going to use that for His good. 
When I'm laying in the ditch and I'm looking up wondering how I'm ever going to get out of this, God's using that. He is already doing something with that. He is already working that into my future to bring Him glory and to bring me good things. And sometimes it takes years for us to realize those good things. I never, I was, I was a little uh, sore at God when my dad had his wreck. And I didn't know how that would ever be good. But because of what I experienced there, I was more prepared when my mom would do something similar. God used that. I was more prepared when someone came to me and said, I'm going through this and I don't know what to do and I don't know how to walk this road. And I can say, here, let me walk it with you and share with you how I had to struggle with this. And God used it. God takes those things. He takes the hard times and He takes the, the mistakes and He takes all of those things and He uses them because he has a purpose for everything. He, he doesn't let anything go to waste. God is like the American Indian. You know, the buffalo, they used every part of that thing. Nothing went to waste. God does the same thing in our lives. Nothing that happens does that he'll let go to waste. He takes it and he uses it. And he uses every bit of it. And he uses it for his glory and, and in order to, to, to help us. He doesn't just make things because he's bored. There's a very beautiful poem by Langston Hughes that always makes me cringe. It's a creation narrative. And it starts with, God said I'm lonely, I think I'll make a man. God doesn't work that way. God doesn't do that. He doesn't do Well, I'm bored. I'm bored. Let's give them a war. God doesn't do that. I'm bored. Let's get, let them win the power by water. That's not what God isn't that way. Everything he does has a purpose. There's one extra point that really isn't in the, in the text as much as it is when you know about pottery and when you learn about it. That's that once pottery is fired, the only way to change it is to break it. Once pottery is fired and it's glazed and it takes on its, its, its final look, the only way you're going to change that is if you break it. We don't want to get to that point. We don't want to get to the point where, where God has to break us in order to change us. We have to remain malleable in God's hands. We have to be able to be changed because God wants to work with us and work in us. Because obviously, you know, God is the potter. And we're on the wheel. The circumstances of life, that's the wheel. And what's constantly going around, and it doesn't stop. You ever realize that life doesn't stop? It keeps going. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's good times or it's bad times. Life keeps going. No matter how often we want it to stop and we want to say, I need a break. Just let me off. No, it doesn't happen that way. It just continues on. And we have to let, we just have to be there because God's moving. And God's making. And God's shaping. And He's changing. And He's doing things to bring you to the place that He wants you to be. 
maybe this morning, maybe you have been just struggling with what God is doing. <laughs> We've all been there at some point where we don't know why I'm going through this. I don't know why I'm dealing with this. But God does. God will use it. He'll move and he'll, he'll, he'll change you and he'll do the things that need to be done because that's who he is. Because he's never finished. He's never finished. He's going to work and he's going to work. He never gives up. God never gives up. We have a tendency to throw our hands up that God does. Maybe this morning, maybe you've been fighting the things that God wants to change. Maybe God's been saying, I want, I want to make you a bowl because you need to hold more. And you're like, God, I want to be a plate. And maybe God's wanting to change that. Now's the time to let go and say, God, I'll be what you want me to be. Maybe this morning you want to surrender to missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church of membership. Maybe this morning you want to pray. The altar's open. I'll pray with you. Maybe this morning you've never known Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you're taking a step to say, I want to know Jesus. I, I, want, to be, I want to be clean. You've never known the one who is actively at work in your life and who wants to do things. And you want to allow Him in. You want to know that when this, this world ends, when you close your eyes here, that you wake up in His presence. Now's the time. You walk down and say, Brother Troy, I want to know Jesus. And we'll go from there. But wherever you're at, whatever you need, give it to Him. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now. We thank you. We praise you for your blessings.